Hello, and welcome to Dice Punks, a tabletop role-playing podcast where we focus on playing full campaigns in less well-known systems. Before we get started on episode 3 today, we have just one quick note. I'm not sure what caused it, but there was an artifact throughout my recording in this episode that caused rhythmic, mysterious clicking sounds periodically. I think I've done a pretty good job of getting rid of them when I'm not speaking, but I wasn't able to solve the problem of these sounds when they occurred while I was speaking. Apologies if they're distracting, but hopefully they won't affect your listening experience too much, and hopefully I didn't draw your attention to them more by mentioning them here. Uh, yeah, just try to forget about them. With that, our episode awaits. Hello, and welcome to Dice Box, a tabletop role-playing podcast where we focus on playing full campaigns in less well-known systems. This week in episode 3, our newly minted demigods are headed back to civilization. Uptype. Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome. I'm Adam, your friendly neighborhood game master, and joining me are... Hi, I'm Drew. I'll be playing Dosk Tier, Duke of Nothing, and boy, guy who had a day. <laughs> I'm Robin, and I'll be playing Alyssa Crate, the large and libidinous Duchess of Fury. I'm Dez, and I will be playing Romnet, provider of breakfast, and uh, center of the New Orthodox Church of the Obsidian God. <laughs> Those are your roles in descending order of importance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to flirt through my We have our priorities. Uh, well, excellent. Thank you, guys. Uh, before we get started, though, let's briefly recap our previous episode for ourselves and our listeners. Dosk, I think you have this one. Sure, sure. Uh, so Lissa and I met uh, in, the, in the morning, such as it is in Fermata. The light wasn't different, but the feeling certainly was. We ate some very middling porridge and felt very confused, but soon received a better breakfast and a better course of information. When we went to Romnet's place, uh, he gave us bacon, he gave us eggs, he gave us coffee. Uh, I, I think uh, I think it had quite an effect on all present, except Romnet, who was, of course, cool as a as a as a cucumber. I suppose I don't know what's, what's cool. What's as cool caffeine. as Romnet? Well, sure. Well, I, I suppose. Lissa very cannily snuck out so that uh, we could invent a whole new form of social interaction, which I believe I shall call the coffee date. Uh, we spoke at length, uh, but somewhere within the proceedings, Romnet was taken over once again by the voice of the Obsidian God, who told us that there were lights in a swamp that should not be, that we would need to extinguish. Uh, didn't specify which swamp, but as Romnet began his workday, supplicants showing up for... <laughs> I don't know. He he does important work. Anyway, we set out. We got stuck at the gate, but Lissa enraged the spirits there so that it would open, and we managed to pass through. We found ourselves in I, I, the Cyanmere Swamp, I suppose, if I don't miss my guess, but in quite a dark situation indeed. We saw a few lights that exuded comfort. It affected Lissa more than me for reasons that I don't fully understand, but we followed them. I had to stop her from walking straight into them, which we would soon know wouldn't have gone well had she succeeded, because the dead rose, and they themselves could be consumed by the light, but they were also full of the light. 
It turned out the lights were connected to some horrible being, which we fought, Lissa, by making the very swamp come to life and turn against it, animals, plants, fungi, and, and I by negating it entirely, unmaking the monster, turning it to nothing. I don't know what I did, but I know that we were left in darkness, me feeling guilty for taking away that comfort from Lissa, even if it would have destroyed her. But of course, being in absolute darkness, we weren't lost for long. And with a single step, we found ourselves back in Fermata. Excellent, thank you. Um, before we pick up with that uh, aftermath of that single step, uh, we have earned a little bit of experience, so I don't imagine that it will be applicable, but uh, if you were going to spend any of it, now would be the time, and I believe this is also a good time for us to handle Romnet's uh, experience yep. rolls uh, from his so. scholarly nature. That is a pair of sixes, so I do that thing. That will do it, yes. Uh, Ronette earns a bonus XP toward uh, lore, uh, isn't I it? believe it's actually just general XP. Oh, well, interesting. Uh, I am corrected. Uh, it is general XP. Uh, so, uh, no other expenditures uh, coming forward. Uh, we join our uh, nascent demigods returning to Fermata from the Cyanmere Swamp and their confrontation with that otherworldly light monster. Walking through the now surly gate that has banged open for you and your approach, you immediately notice some differences uh, in the area immediately by the gate. Last time you were here, there was sort of this confluence of canals that caused kind of a wider open space, and the canals then passed out through the gate. There's a little grate at the bottom, and the gate itself is huge, massive, but it has these smaller doors set into it in three places. One over each side of the roadway on either side of the canal, one over the middle of the canal. Coming in the one you left from on one side, you notice that this wide open space is no longer a neglected, disused part of Fermata where nobody had been in or out of those gates that anyone could remember, and thus no one even approached them. No. Now, it's a plaza of sorts. The arrangement of the space uh, in broad strokes has not changed, and the location of it remains the same, but it's more active, more visible. You're entering through the riotous city uh, this time, so plenty of people and noise moving around, uh, including some people just standing and chatting, sitting and picnicking, uh, specifically around a raised sort of pedestal uh, of considerable size, upon which stands a sculpture. A sculpture depicting the two of you standing back to back, looking noble and regal and ready for anything. These statues are hewn from obsidian, they're about 15 feet tall, uh, and the details on them are picked out in what could be in the silvery limning light of Fermata, either silver or platinum. Neither of you feels of looking at these like you have ever actually looked so flawless and appealing, but no one seems surprised that they're there. Uh, in fact, few enough people glance at them at all. Uh, they are simply making use of the plaza uh, as you walk in through the gate, which bangs shut behind you, drawing the attention of a couple of the nearest residents of Fermata, uh, who wave at you with smiles uh, and pleasantries and go back to what they were doing. 
I return the wave and then I say to Lissa, does my hair really look like that? <laughs> I, I don't think it quite captured all of your charm. I, I wave back and I give them a, a very big toothy grin and a wink. <laughs> because of course I do. Naturally. The toothy grin is actually reflected in your sculpted expression. The wink is not. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, while we're at the gate, I, I kind of hesitate for a moment and I turn to Dosk and I'm like, um, I might I might see if the gate is able to help me out a bit. Uh, when I was on my way here, I kind of left my friend in some caves, and I just I want to check in on him and make sure he's okay. Of course. I, do, you, do you want help, company, backup? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> then you got it. Oh, thank you. Um, I, he might still be a little bit... Uh, shell shocked so if you i don't know what all he'll want to talk about but just you know take it with a grain of salt um we've been through a lot sure look i'm I'm happy to do anything i can to help or for that matter nothing i can to help it's going to be difficult to learn to talk about this but the point is i'm here for you and i'm here for you too dosk i i appreciate everything you did out there and um, I don't know if I had a chance to say yet, but that was uh, that was pretty incredible. You should definitely tell Romnut what you accomplished, because I think he might be a fan. Well, I mean, I, I that is, I mean, I didn't do it to impress him or anything, but it's, I mean, thank you. I, I still feel bad about pulling you away from the light. I know that's irrational. I know it would have harmed you, but you just seemed so happy. It would have, it would have been a fake joy. Um. You'll find that I'm the sort to create my own joy wherever I end up, and I don't need a light to accomplish that. Here, here. Having finished saying that, you actually hear an unexpected and familiar voice, Lissa. Lass, lass, you are here, good! And you turn around to see Varric, who you last saw in the cave on the way here, stumbling towards you with uh, a very kind of basic clay uh, mug sloshing over with something sudsy in one hand, cheeks rosy, quite rumpled and a little bit worse for wear, looking like he has not really slept or bathed since the cave, uh, but has certainly had some drinks. Uh, but uh, he is uh, you know, smiling ear to ear, you know, eyes kind of squinting together, uh, increasing uh, above his beard as he uh, approaches you on unsteady legs. I don't seem to notice how drunk he is. And <laughs> I should I roll for lifting stance to give him a bear hug? <laughs> Oh, no, you can just give him a bear hug. All right, I, I give him the biggest bear hug possible. Uh, I make it look effortless. I lift him off his feet and uh, take him into my arms and give him a big squeeze and say, Varric, you made it. It's <laughs> such a relief. I was worried about you. Let the record show. Oh, us, it takes more than a cave to keep me down. Oh, he taps your shoulder. <laughs> I set him down because, you know, this is something we established a long time ago. I get a little bit enthusiastic, so when he taps out, I respect it. 
Um, uh, and Dosk, you were trying to say. Oh, I was only saying that let the record show that when this drunk man first approaches us, I'm preparing to tell him that we have to go find someone so we don't have time for his antics right now. But when I see the bear hug, I resign myself to the fact that that was a very short search. <laughs> I uh, clap a hand on Varric's shoulder and uh, turn him to Dosk and say, uh, this is this is my uh, new great friend, Dosk. Um, a real upstanding fella. He... He's like me, but except not. Um, as it turns out, I'm the Duchess of Fury, and he's the Duke of Nothing. Uh, so you don't have to worry about, you know, you know. Um, he, he, yes. We're very much Varric alike, gets... except that we're completely different. <laughs> Varric gets this faraway look in his eyes at mention of Fury, and he says, Hey, well, that's going to be good then. Uh, sorry, yes, Varric. I suppose I live here now. I don't have anywhere else to go. What happened, lass? We were in a cave, and now I'm... I mean, I've been here. I don't know how long. The light never changes, and... Well, I guess I've been here seven or eight of these, and he holds up his mug. Well, uh, as it turns out, uh, this place is called Fermata, and it appears in places of perfect darkness, which, um, you know, we, we did find. Uh, you're not trapped here if you ever need to, you know, if you ever have a desire to leave, uh, you can use these gates and I'd help you. But I have it on good authority that there are at least three smithies here that could use your expertise, uh, perhaps when you're feeling a bit more clear-headed. You know, as he goes, oh, my head's plenty clear. It's my liver that's gonna have trouble. <laughs> Swing. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, he sort of, uh kind of looks into the middle distance and says, well, don't know rightly where I would go after that business back in town. Didn't know what happened to you when you disappeared into that hole, but you're right, now that you mention it, I passed through a particularly dense, dark area in that cave and came out of the storeroom of a pub just down the way and been drinking ever since. So it's good to see you. When I told people that I knew you, they uh, were happy to just keep re- keep refilling my mug. And I Swig. think you'll find a, a good um, place to stay, a comfortable bed, if not a little short for my tastes, at the nightcap. Um, seems that we might have friends here, and this may be a good place to stay for a while until... And I kind of glance at Dask, Dask, but um, quickly glance back at Varric and uh, go, at least until everything blows over. He nods, again, looking a little far away and says, Right, well, the ale ain't going to drink itself, and I don't plan to be sober for a week or so. So, uh, will you join me for a pint or two? Uh, Looking back and forth between Dask and Lissa. Mm -hmm. The Albai. He waves his hand. He goes, they're not charging me. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> well, I think the offer and, just uh, went from appealing to irresistible. A pleasure to meet you. He uh, waves and says, sure, the pleasure's all mine, son. Lissa, well, you may notice she takes a wide interest, but uh, she seems to have a particular shine to you. And that makes you okay in my book, at least in, until you make me or her angry. <laughs> I don't think you'd really like that very much. 
To be um, honest, it's been. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I quickly interrupt and say, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Dosk is the closest thing I've had to family since you, Eric. So I, I don't think he has to worry about that. Well, that's good. That's good. Ah, here it is. And he uh, stops outside of uh, a pub uh, with uh, the, the sign uh, on it uh, depicting a. Uh, black mare with red eyes rearing uh, no nothing else in the uh, image at all and uh, waves you in and says my good friends are in here they keep on keeping my mug full and well that's how it's going to stay for a while so come on in and we'll get you set up with some drinks this uh, is a smaller establishment with a rowdier disposition than the nightcap and uh, a very uh, sort of sturdy older gentleman uh, as the barkeep uh, who very efficiently without a overabundance of politeness and friendliness uh, but certainly you know without being like surly about it um, sets you up with uh, mugs of ale as you sit down and uh, Varric takes it uh, as his task to fail to introduce you to most of the other people in the pub. Uh, he gets names wrong, he swaps backgrounds, he trails off for long periods of time, and everybody just sort of goes along with it because they seem to know how much he's had, and it doesn't take a, a brain genius to look at his general appearance and demeanor and determine he's had a rough couple of days. I slip the bar uh, tender two coins and say, make sure the next one's water. <laughs> the bartender just kind of nods, doesn't really like say anything in particular, but just, you know, uh, takes the coins and goes about his business. And sure enough, uh, the next one uh, that very gets his water, you notice because uh, when he takes the next swig of uh, the next mug, uh, he sprays it all over the bar <laughs> and says, ah, oh, what is this? Trying to poison me, are ya? This is water! It's poison, I tell you. What time is it? Is it night? Is it ever not night? Ah. And then he starts drinking the water again. Uh, I look I look to Dosk and kind of hold my hands up helplessly to see if he has any input. <laughs> Are the rules the same here? Which is to say, if we don't stop him, at some point will he die? <laughs> the bartender looks at you very seriously and nods. <laughs> In your experience, then, how do we stop him? Does he need something more interesting to do? Swinging a hammer? Meeting someone nice? Uh, I think both of those things might be appropriate. I haven't seen him this bad in a long time. Um... I don't know if I told you, but Varric's essentially my 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 father. Uh, he he taught me everything I know about blacksmithing, um, and I think a, a good a good bout at the forge might uh, do his constitution good. He uh, overhears the end of that and goes, "No, lass, no more forge. It's gone now. I can't ever get back to the forge. I wouldn't want to if I could. No." No, my days are behind me. My forge days. I mean, I think, I don't know, just need to, mm, this is a soft bar, and he puts his head down on it. 
I, I slip the bartender another two coins and say, maybe just water down the next one. <laughs> the bartender just kind of nods and says, he's got a room when he needs it. You've paid for it. We'll get him to it. But I'd prefer if he didn't come back here in the next week or two. I, I smile and say, well, um, if he does send him over to the, the nightcap, I'm I'm sure Avine will... I'll let Avine know to keep an eye out for him and make sure he's taken care of. Uh, he's He's been through... He, we've both been through a time. My apologies for anything that's occurred before I got back. He shrugs one shoulder. He says, Milady, I keep a bar. It's fine. <laughs> and if we need to send oh. him back from here, what is here called uh the sign just has a what i assume is a visual pun is this the nightmare the rampant nightmare actually <clears throat> that's better i like <clears throat> that mm. really adam <laughs> oh what what's your name by the way um you're you seem like a really upstanding fella he chuckles silently once and says jack milady a Jack, a very simple but sweet name for a very direct fella. I try. And succeed. Will there be anything else, milady? You could just call me Lissa. Um, I don't really invest in this whole milady thing. But I think as long as he's taken care of, don't... Uh, don't let him drink himself to death. Um... And I'll promise to ensure that he does not come back here uh, and chooses to take up residence at the nightcap with me. Um, we fully understand that you're as invested in avoiding damage to your establishment as we are in avoiding damage to uh, him. Now that his drinks are paid for, I'll try to see to it that he's fine. It's in good hands, my lord, my lady. Alyssa. Dask. Dusk, but rampant Jack, a pleasure. But the point is, it's fine. You don't have to. The formalities are not necessary. It just stares at you levelly without response. <laughs> I just line more coins across the table, Tom. <laughs> he nods, taking the coins, and says, "Do let me know if there's anything else I can do for you." And then goes to serve other customers. Uh, is very unconscious at this point. Yes, drooling. Okay. In fact, um, I'm just. I'll inquire to where his room is and just casually toss him over my shoulder as one does. Let me know yeah. if I need to roll lifting stance. <laughs> you do not. <laughs> you uh, you you get him up to to his room and to the bed and lay him on his side and make sure he has a you know an empty bucket and a bucket of water. <laughs> um, and uh, and he's about as comfortable as you can make him. Uh, I return to Dosk and kind of give him a shy smile and say, sorry about that. Uh, we've been climbing through mountains and through caves for a while, so, you know, it kind of got the, the best of his perspective, I guess. He seems to have, if I may, given up. I'm not sure on what. What was all that about his, his days being behind him? 
I wish I wish I could say for sure. I mean, we could always start up a new forge here. Seems like there's plenty of good work to do. There's at least three forges to choose from, and uh, he's, you know, uh, age has had an effect on his hands. But between the two of us, we're the best there is around. Um, so, I mean, you know, we both have a future ahead of us. Well, you most certainly do. And, and and like I said, I'm here. You said he's like a father to you. I, I appreciate that. I've probably had two or three fathers in my life, none of whom were the man who fathered me. So I get it. It's important. And whatever we need to do to keep him safe and, and, and productive and not drinking himself to death, I'm on board. Hmm. Thanks, Dosk. I, th- I think that officially qualifies you as uh, the brother in our weird little family. <laughs> I accept it gladly. It's just good to be something at last. I've honestly already grown a bit weary of this nothing business. Like you said, maybe we can work this out since we got our assignment done. I mean, maybe we're done. Maybe that was it. I wish that were the case, but... For some reason, I have the uncanny feeling that we're just getting started. And the uncanny feeling that I could use probably another drink myself. Um, Not to say that I'm going to be in as abundance as Varric, but, uh, you know. You know how it is. Uh, That was a a bit rough back there. No, of course. what you did was was very much appreciated. Of course. No, I I, I get the sense that you hold it better and know your limits better. So, so of course, we've earned it. Setting foot outside of the rampant nightmare, uh, you are immediately, uh, your attention is caught by a figure in what appears to be just a simple religious garb, something signifying an acolyte or a neophyte of some kind. Uh, of course, the robes themselves and the belt keeping them closed is uh, black. Uh, but uh, the person wearing the clothes is a little odd. They have almost a greenish cast to their skin uh, and dark eyes with a pupil and iris that seem too large. Uh, They have sort of an androgynous presentation and don't introduce themselves. Uh, Instead, standing very, very still uh, and clearly waiting on you as when you emerge, they give you a modest bow and say, Lord Nothing, Lady Fury, if you would follow me, quarters have been prepared for you in the city. And then just turns and starts walking, without waiting for a response. I shout, Lissa, please, (laughs) (laughs) at their back as I kind of catch up to them in just two strides. I mean, it's not, it's not terrible to have a title, right? I mean, you're right, you're right. Dosk, 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 I call as you follow, you're passing through sort of the crowds of the riotous city, and so a lot of people don't take any particular note of you, but those who do offer either a sort of smile and a wave, or in some cases, like, a brief bow uh, as you pass. You seem to have become local celebrities less than overnight. Well, who's to say uh, just what's overnight? Your brief absence. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and... You are led through the riotous city closer and closer to the manifestation, that great towering obsidian edifice, uh, you know, resembling uh, if the giants of old had built a cathedral out of 
one solid piece of volcanic rock. Uh, you don't quite make it all the way there, but you are pretty close to it when your guide stops and turns and gestures to what you at first took for a row of maybe storefronts with apartments above them or simple townhouses, but is in fact a sizable manor taking up a good third of this block facing the canal that leads uh, up to the stairs of the manifestation. Uh, and they say, here is where you shall be quartered, my lord and lady nobilis. Please begin to make yourselves comfortable and send word to the manifestation if there is anything that you require that has not yet been furnished. The obsidian god is not entirely clear on what it is that humans require for comfort. And beyond that, as you are not entirely human anymore, the question becomes more complicated than the obsidian god is willing to contemplate. Instead, we shall rely upon your guidance. Another bow, and then they start moving up the steps toward the uh, toward the manifestation. Uh, I didn't catch your name, uh, friend. Uh, they pause, turn, bow again, and say, My apologies, Lady Fury. I have none at present. And then turns and keeps going. What should I call you? <laughs> no response, actually. Just keeps walking. Thank you! Still no response. Yes, thank you. You're doing uh, a great job! Yes, yeah, yeah, ba- bang up work, um, Timothy. <laughs> You're appreciated, Timothy. I'll think of us as friends. <laughs> By the time you say that, the doors of the manifestation have closed behind them. <laughs> I get the sense that you're tremendously unaccustomed to being bowed to and scraped to. And that it doesn't seem uh, to suit you that well. I, um, I, I wish I, I could say I was wholly unaccustomed to it, but... It, it seems a lot of pomp and circumstance for no good reason. I'd much rather be everyone's friend you know like with the formalities are entirely egregious to me oh I, I understand completely my family are all merchants to them every social interaction is a battle to be won precise rules of etiquette depending on who you're talking to when you're talking to them what you want from them what you presume they want from you i find it all exhausting hmm yes uh politics <laughs> politics it is quite exhausting uh, shall we check out our new um, dwelling? Sure. I think there's at least an even chance that it'll be habitable by humans or whatever we are now. Uh, yeah, I'm still human. I don't know about you, but I I, I still have to do all the humanly things, uh, both the glamorous and the less so. Um. <laughs> I look down at my hands and I say, if I was ever human in the first place, then I still am now. Is that an actual question? <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm just musing. Let's go inside. Uh, you approach the, the the steps up to the doors. The whole exterior is made of filigreed obsidian, uh, including the doors and apparently the hinges, uh, which seems like a recipe for disaster, but. 
they open smoothly and silently and with barely a tug. Uh, they open uh, outward over the steps, so you actually have to like, back up down them. It's strangely hostile design. Uh, uh, but you able are able to enter into... It's not empty and bare, but it is too empty and too bare to feel comfortable. This uh, entryway has high vaulted ceilings with columns to the left and right and you know sort of uh, a room with shelves in it uh, off to the left and some seating a room off to the right with more in the way of comfortable seating uh, and a large unlit fireplace in front of you there are doors to either side of a grand staircase leading up uh, it gives you the impression of being something between a mansion and a palace but while it is somewhat furnished and somewhat decorated, it feels as though the job only got partway done, or maybe whoever was acquiring these objects ran out of money uh, and had to stop. Uh, it is entirely obsidian in the interior as well, walls, floors, and ceilings, as well as most of the furniture, although some of the comfort-oriented furniture to your right does have what appears to be normal cushioning on it. Um, I slap a cushion to make sure it is not, in fact, disguised obsidian. <laughs> it has give. Uh, seems to maybe be wool. So it's squishy. Uh, and if it's black wool, I suppose. Uh, obsidian is truly the black sheep of, of uh, <laughs> volcanic rock. <laughs> I feel like we just did like the whole like we're gonna the rest of this campaign is gonna be us seeing if things are secretly obsidian. Like, <laughs> is this cake actually obsidian or is it a cake? Be another bartender. You touch his face to make sure he's not obsidian. <laughs> he is obsidian. Spoilers. That's the body horror. Um, because there will only be one of those. A chip off the old rock, I believe, is going to be the uh, oh, title of that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now, now we're going to have a body horror episode because you said it does. Robin, oh, we're Robin. going to have a body horror episode. <laughs> Adam. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is Adam. I mean, Ka- our finger is going to turn into cats, and the cats are progressively going to take over. No, he's already done cats to death. <laughs> um. Turning back to your preliminary <laughs> exploration of your manor, uh, the the place does seem comfortable temperature-wise, not drafty. There are places to, to sit, so presumably there are beds, there are fireplaces. There are sconces and niches and even candelabra and chandeliers, again, all obsidian, but there are no lamps or candles or torches whatsoever. Uh, the light is all that silver limning that uh, comes around objects to set them off from the background of uniform darkness. Uh, the first thing I want to do is, you know, make it well lit and comfy cozy as opposed to like this weird greenish bluish business that we've been dealing with. Well, uh, that's item one on the list. But you guys spend the next little while uh, exploring the place and finding other things that you might need. For instance, the beds uh, are quite nice and quite large. Uh, they have 
very expensive seeming down and silk pillows, uh, as well as silk sheets and uh, very fine bedspreads. They do not, however, have anything in the way of mattresses. Uh, so you will need to send for those. Uh, either, otherwise you will simply be sleeping on a very soft pillow and a very hard flat obsidian surface. But is the flat obsidian surface actually long enough for me? <laughs> yes, uh, ah! with room to spare. Uh, you can lay spread eagle on the obsidian surface of your bed and touch none of the sides of it. Uh, spread eagle is my natural state. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. <laughs> Eyebrows. Does his face. Do you think this image will come back later? I don't know. Uh, uh, foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, well, around about the time you are putting the finishing touches on your list of comforts that you need for your domicile, there is a very loud, booming knock on the front door. You imagine, however, that the loud, booming quality of it comes from the acoustics of the place and not so much from the force with which the knock was applied. Please tell me it's a bean. <laughs> you, uh, you know, both come down to investigate uh, and swing the front doors open, almost knocking Evine off of the steps. Yes. Uh, she gives a look at the doors and goes, uh, Yeah, sorry been, about that. <laughs> we've been over this is the thing. We've been over this. Oh, sorry. Uh, how do you like the place? I could use a little warming up. It certainly That's... got character, though. Off in the way of things around here, I'm afraid. I'm glad you find the bare bones acceptable. I wanted to come make sure you were settling in okay and just let you know that if you needed anything, my offices are... And she just points to a building across the streets and canals uh, and down four or five doors away from the manifestation. She says, I live a little farther away because I don't like to be mixing work and everything else quite so much, but uh, you can often find me during the waking hours in this vicinity. Uh, I feel we'll probably have to be working together pretty closely. What with the... Do you see the statue? I was... Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, they really captured uh, Dosk's charm. Um, yeah, I was... I was I'm was. i not used to having a statue of me in town. Um <laughs> Happy to see you, by the way, Avine. Yeah, you're a, a sight for sore eyes, as usual. She chuckles and says, I'm glad I wasn't in the statue. I was kind of afraid of that when I heard uh, heard about it. Uh, the statue was there. Uh, things like this will happen from time to time. You know, just have to, I think, get used to them. But don't worry. Uh, this presents your best side, too. And I'm glad to be of help and the friendly face around here. Uh, being mayor, don't know, it requires a lot of practicality that doesn't come natural to me. I'm much more of a friendly person than a problem solver, you know? So I can be both, best of both worlds. Well, if you need anything other than the furniture, which I think the manifestation can provide you, uh, you should feel free to come and see me. Uh, chances are good. Uh, uh, you'll be hearing from me from time to time if I need your particularities to help with some of the things around town. Uh, take it you already met one of the acolytes she looks a little bit uh uncertain i believe we did i say smiling a lot like uh lissa was smiling in the statue <laughs> uh timothy real real upstanding fella that's his name now they gave you a name 
Uh, uh, no, but we we uh, we improvised. <laughs> Much oh. as there was no furniture when we arrived, but I think perhaps. Well, yes. I mean, everyone's been very helpful, is what I'm saying. Well, she says the acolytes take some getting used to. Are really, they're helpful and conscientious. Uh, don't see much of them, but uh, I think they were here. Just always. Don't know what they're acolytes of, really. They don't ever seem to move up the ranks, but they're harmless enough. So, shouldn't worry yourselves about them too much. Be surprised if the one who brought you here responds to Timothy. Let me know, though, if they take to be unnamed. That would be convenient. I uh, I will be happy to report back. Um, so, uh, Dalsk and I were talking about how best to brighten up this place. Uh, your establishment is warm and cozy enough, but we'll need something to make the interior a little bit more homely and bright and comfortable in your absence. As well, as long as you're here, I think it'll probably be bright enough. Hey, that's what I was getting at, but about <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, she, you know, just kind of chuckles it off and says, well, I do have work waiting on me, much as I may not want to do it. No one else is going to get to it, but uh, I wanted to check in on you. Uh, you should have a little time. Take a day or two. Get settled in. I mean, if the Obsidian God needs you, I'm sure they'll call you, but... In the meantime, I've tried to instruct folks to let you sort of find your way uh, before we start swamping you with requests for your help. Uh, from what we understand, your capabilities are pretty impressive. So look forward to seeing what you can do for the town. I'll see about getting these doors reversed. Can I can I do something for you first? With your permission, of course. I, I've realized that I have a, a particular set of skills in terms of Miracles. Oh, well, if something comes up, and I'd be perfectly happy to send for you. Did you have anything in mind? I just, uh, I, I experienced coffee for the first time today, and I think I can uh, mimic that effect. Really? <laughs> well, in that case, you may be seeing me in a few hours when I start to flag. That would be quite convenient. I, I could set you up now if you're willing. She sort of looks considering and goes, ah, I'd better use it at need, being honest. I've got quite a lot on my plate, but you will be hearing from me one way or another. And hmm. then she gives you kind of a, you know, a little bit of a informal waving salute. And, uh, you know, heads back over to, to her offices. You can actually already see there are people kind of, like, queuing at the steps. Uh, and so she goes to see what they need. Closing the door, um, I, I give Lissa a, 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 a parodic but by no means disrespectful bow and say, Milady of Sweet Talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what can I say? Guilty as charged. <laughs> Clearly, she's very interested, but really, it's just a skill, a guilt. It's impressive. I mean, she said swamped, and we were just in a swamp, and I had nothing. But you, you can't be caught flat-footed. You always know exactly what to say. It, I'm never short of friends, as uh, for, you may For discover. our listeners at home, 
Uh, does Dusk actually talk with his hands quite as much as you are? I, I don't think <laughs> that's a good question. I don't think anyone in reality or fiction talks with their hands as much as I do. Um, <laughs> but he doesn't not talk with his hands. <laughs> I just imagine him do like talking with his hands. Honestly, I thought that was perfectly in character. His hands, as we, I'll remind, I'll remind the listener, the hands are in mismatched and very nice gloves. So he probably wields his hands around like. Like you ever been had someone pouring you a drink and they have like a really nice bottle and they sort of gesture with it, trying to impress you while mm. they're talking. That's how Dosk uses his hands. He thinks that he thinks he's casting a spell in his own head. Yeah, I, I picture the difference between Drew's gestures, which again our listeners can't see, and Dosk's, which they will have to imagine in their mind, they uh, as Dosk's being sort of, uh, you know, uh, sort of a little bit more on the side of a flourish, you know, trying to be a little bit self consciously graceful and purposeful even if they aren't really uh and and so you know uh listeners you should supply uh the the gestures uh the, that you think fit best uh when you are hearing dosk speak uh, to other characters in the uh in the, uh in the game i agree fully with that interpretation uh for the record and i'm glad that's coming across and i will also say another key difference between the way i do it and the way i imagine dosk doing it is that so far as i'm aware Jewish, the Jewish people do not exist in Teraxis, so Aww. this is correct. <laughs> so therefore, it's not going to be quite the same because the way I talk with my hands is super Jewish. So. <laughs> uh, yes, the, you will find no real-world religions directly represented in Teraxis or the larger world of Mileth. You have my promise on it. Uh, so <laughs> that's the Adam promise. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it says in my commercials. Uh, so there's even guys, a seal that goes along with it. It's very well trained. It 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 really only even needs a a mackerel after every third. As an aside, Adam, uh, at some point you will, as a closeout, mm -hmm. need to make one of your ads. Yes. Oh yeah. We, will see. <laughs> we have to get into the Lovecraft DM lore at some point. The lore of the Hollyhock God. Yeah. yeah, we've made reference, but we. I, it's. It's. I, do people have any idea what the hell we're talking about? Probably not, and that's maybe for the best for now because they'd go crazy if they knew. Yeah, it cannot be fathomed without losing one's sanity. You guys are uh, hyping this up an awful lot. I, I mean, the expectation is not going to match the reality. It's fine. Sanity can be measured, as you know, in absolute value. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a boolean. Um, yeah. Returning, then, to the foyer of your manor. Yeah. Uh... I, I I kind of pause for a moment after, you know, Dosk hypes up my sweet talk and I give him a considering look and then say, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about the swamp animals and, you know, I, part of Fury is being furiously happy and I just really want to try that. Like, I don't, I don't like making just things angry all the time. Sure. No, of course. I, I, as you're talking, I realize the implication and, and the eyes are back to dinner plate size, at least. I say that <laughs> seems most certainly worth trying. I don't think I have an equivalent trick, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. you know, I wasn't talking about miracles. I'm sure you're more than capable of that. 
in in a perfectly mundane way certainly but but i mean you know fury furiously happy i mean look i've never been called miraculous but i do fine you seem to do better than fine i think you're doing a great job of being pretty miraculous if i do say so myself maybe we should find our friend romnut and report back to him i almost convinced myself that i am not blushing <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Romnet is easy enough to find uh, as Romnet, you've pretty much been swamped. Uh, that seems to be the thing. You know, you, you've, yeah, got to come up with, a, I guess, a synonym. Uh, you've been keeping busy uh, with, uh, you know, not necessarily like a line out the door, but you have just enough time to do things like grab a bite to eat and, you know, sort of refill the pitcher with fresh cold water and, uh, you know, just little comforts and, and small tasks in between supplicants arriving. Um, this is a slightly busier kind of quote unquote morning into midday. Uh, not again that there is any real correlation with the quality of light, but the city has established its own rhythms, uh, and it starts to drop off a little after about lunchtime. Uh, you know, having been only a little busier than normal, uh, and hopefully being busier in the morning means you'll be a little less busy in the afternoon. But you hear a subsequent knock on your door. Uh, I go and answer it, and. Here are your two supplicants. I'm standing behind Dosk, pointedly. <laughs> what are you like? The conquering heroes return, I say grandly. And and what did you end up conquering? What were these lights? Uh, I conquered nothing, as it turns out, but uh, Dosk was incredible out there. I'll let him share exactly what it was he accomplished. Well, that's true. She conquered nothing but nature itself, but we'll get to that. What I did, <laughs> I must say, was relatively remarkable. You see, the lights were mere appendages of some monstrous, unknowable thing, and I fully made it not be anymore i the the nothing powers i managed to sublimate this monstrosity which exuded lights and could raise the dead Sorry, into raise the a non-existent dead. yes of sure of course the ice guy skipped over some things yeah <laughs> maybe take this chronologically sure well we left you you had you had people visitors important uh, things to get done we went to the gates uh alissa uh, is downplaying how helpful she was getting the gates open we got the gates open and we found ourselves in a swamp the cyan mirror I, I think but it was hard to tell because it was completely dark and we saw these lights and we followed them and they were strange this is something i meant to ask you about actually the lights seemed to exude emotional light they seemed to make you happy in a way that was meant to ensnare I didn't know light could do that. Well, if it's attached to the creature. Sure. Sure. I mean like a like a like a Hey Adam, shall I roll lore to uh mm -hmm. know anything about something that might do this? I invite you to try, yes. That is a pair of fives. It does not sound familiar. Uh, you definitely have heard tales of various types of 
you might almost call them hypotheses for lights in the swamp with no obvious source. Uh, you know, your will-o'-the-wisps and corpse candles and things, but um, you don't really remember ever hearing about this kind of otherworldly being, not even as a hypothetical explanation for lights in the swamp. Okay. I, I will mention that, but, you know, at the same time, why why wouldn't something from elsewhere tailor its bait to its prey? That That's a known survival strategy, or, well, feeding strategy, I suppose. Feeding. Well, indeed, I suppose, a, a leviathan angling for... Well, us. Uh, but but anyway, it didn't successfully angle. It angled, but it didn't catch us uh, because we felled it. I didn't think it was possible to fell it. I didn't know that it was, really. And now it isn't. I keep skipping the A interesting dusk. part. I, I, I interject and say, Dosk literally unmade this thing. It was, it was just breathtaking and an accomplishment in all definitions of the word. Dosk, take it away. Can I roll charm? Uh, yes, you certainly can. <laughs> yeah, and let me specifically graces. I think because because the I, I hope I hope the listener has enjoyed Dosk floundering to talk do, himself. Do, do up. you have fascinate? But, uh, <laughs> I do not have fascinate. I do not have. I have just about everything, but I don't have fascinate or plead. But uh, the the rest I got. I lie is not especially useful. The truth is more interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Just will find other uses for. Her. I think this is a graces roll. Yeah, so this would imply that you are trying to be especially, like, eloquent and proper uh, in your uh, sort of performance of the uh, of the retelling. The goal here is to make this the story of how I went into the woods and came back a knight, right? That's, that's how it should sound <laughs> if I get this right. All right, well, then you have five dice. Okay. That is pair of fours which turns into a pair of sevens because that is your uh, minimal you charm success yeah. as a striking sad boy uh, <laughs> striking sad boy <laughs> it's on the yes, character sheet you're gonna it. hear me say it no i was saying you're going to hear me say it because it's on the character <laughs> sheet. name of the damn yeah 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 i, I, I regret nothing please continue <laughs> and well you shouldn't um so yes, you uh, manage to sort of turn the details version of the story into something of a courtly romance in the original sense of the word, a story of you know gentility and adventure. Uh, it, it it doesn't start off sounding like one, but it smoothly builds into one, such that by the end, you know, uh, you. And Lissa coming back to the city are, you know, uh, triumphant knights returning. Uh, you know, your uh, centrality to the story having been established by proving yourself in this test of metal. Uh, and even with the detail at the end that, and lo, a statue was erected <laughs> to commemorate the event. Uh, you know, that. that you could witness coming back into the city to this day, never mind that it was erected on this day. <laughs> um, 
And uh, and yeah, you, you you finish feeling that you have impressed at least an abstract theoretical audience. My face is fixed in what I think of as a gallant expression, which is which is uh, well, you know what? That's for you to decide what that means, dear listener. I mean, <laughs> we abstracted it with a I, roll. I am yes, charmed, but I, I am applaud. internally thinking that I should probably not give you coffee again. <laughs> Uh, I do not, however, say that. I that that all sounds very impressive, and I, I'm glad that you're both safe and that you've returned and done as the God in Darkness demanded. Uh, but um, I suppose that did sound like there was a butt coming. Uh, that that was not intended. I apologize. I mutter under my breath, I hope there's a butt coming. <laughs> I will just give you sort of a sharp glance and then, like, whose side are you on, really? <laughs> and, uh, I love the, the, can I just say, the contrast between the courtly romance and then that is just, just, just yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're, we're operating on a variety of levels here, folks. Here we are. <laughs> the difference between high culture and low culture has always just been reputation. But it all involves <laughs> eyebrows. And money. And money. Definitely money. Uh, it all involves eyebrows. <laughs> there, at the end of the day, there's always eyebrows. I will relate, you know, I had a busy day of petitioners. No particularly interesting prophecies that I recall. Uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, Adam. Uh, no, you had a lot of very specific, you know, like, a local individual, one person's life advice to give out. And as is often the case with these things, it tended to be the sort of thing that you could probably arrive at without an oracle, but especially in the metaphysical capital of the obsidian god there is something that seems to comfort people about seeking the guidance of this prophet when they are worried about the outcome okay. of a thing and so you are able to provide at least that uh and i understand that there are statues of you now <laughs> you know as if i had learned of it before uh the recounting of, of your uh, knighthood. I'd like to think they don't quite do the tale or the man justice, but yeah, it would seem we've been immortalized twice. I, I would say that they don't wholly capture Dosk's in-person charm and gravitas. Do you agree, Rom? Not Rom? Not really. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry. <laughs> we'll assume you said it properly in character. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was not that was not an in-character neg. <laughs> not. <laughs> Listen, employs that... many tactics. Negging is not Good. one of them. Yeah. Uh Lissa 
in an alternate universe was a uh, instead of uh, studying under Varric, studied under Rushmi. <laughs> <laughs> left him, left him in that fucking cave. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he is sleeping with the blind axolotls now. <laughs> Oxalotls are very cute. It's true, they're adorable. <laughs> Don't leave him there. Yes, but they they but then again, subterranean ones live eyelessly in and, and also we've waterways. established that you but think that vultures are cute. So <laughs> Um, have you seen the, vultures? I I am not precious. disputing this. I'm merely pointing out that being cute doesn't keep something from being able to strip the flesh from a human. I mean, that's part of the cuteness. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Those two categories have never been mutually exclusive. Yeah. Well, I don't think the statue quite captured Dosk's charm and gravitas. Uh, uh, don't you agree, Romnet? I think that it would be very hard to capture and I am just sort of looking at his face, a little bit out of focus, but a little bit smiling. It would be hard to capture his essence in mere stone. It's a brief in canon speechlessness. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just grinning. <laughs> I mean... Oh, what the hell, I have a master die and fascinate. So you do. So, it's a pair of ones already, so three ones becomes three sevens. That's slot machines, uh, liking you. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Getting a lot of mileage out of being ornamentally I mean, pretty. <laughs> quite. Uh, so, Dusk... Your two sevens on graces are answered with three sevens of fascinate. <laughs> um, would be the mechanically abstract shorthand for this, but um, yeah, you're uh, you're definitely soaking up some um, flattering interest rays uh, from uh, the prophet of the obsidian god here. So, do you have like you know? of night duties i give dosk a look with or without a k well i i would assume the chivalric kind are are the way you conduct yourself in all circumstances but i more meant do the supplicants come at all hours or do you have a period during which you're left alone should you desire to be it's mostly uh during what other trades would consider business hours, but uh, the the bolder or the more urgent in their own minds issues are brought before me approximately whenever. And what if there's no issue more urgent than, uh, well, mine? How may I assist? <laughs> Remains to be seen. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, again, I, I can no longer convince myself that I am not blushing. Um, I think that calls for a jest roll, because uh, ah. otherwise I will explode, I think. I, I dosk. Uh, right. 
And then we're, and then the campaign's yeah. over because we're all dead because Dask exploded. <laughs> I, I like what a way to go. Though. Uh, describing to Dask like that level of uh, destructive capacity and explosion. I think so. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a tremendous amount of potential energy. <laughs> so. I I was gonna say maybe he would. Uh, implode yeah mm. <laughs> it would just be swallow a sudden into nothing, nothing. Oh. Yeah. a black hole yeah. that, this is how stars are born <laughs> <laughs> th- th- this also makes me think of that xkcd what if about you know glass half full glass half empty oh sure with, yeah, with the yeah, vacuum yeah. in the lower half of the glass mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's, those are the physics of what could happen if this roll doesn't go well so let the record show i didn't like what those five dice were doing so much so i'm going to use these five dice Alright. That's three twos. Which uh Which get elevated to three sevens. Yeah. Your joke uh is delivered with flawless execution and timing. Uh conveying exactly that emotion that you want it to convey. I feel like it's cheating the listener to not make some attempt to say what the joke is. Uh so let's I assumed you had already made it with the uh <laughs> Sure. No, I you probably have. That remains to be seen. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. No, that's that's the jest. But yeah, but it's but it's it's more charming when he says it than when I said it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we can no, none of us be our uh, imaginary fantasy universe selves. More's the pity. That's the appeal. I mean, I think it's definitely for better and for worse. But yes. Sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, I think I require your expertise as to exactly what sort of help is needed, but uh, I, I don't think there can be any doubt that you and I have a great deal to talk about, and indeed that I've got some talking to do. Yeah. Um, while you two talk, I think I'm going to go find one of those smithies. <laughs> okay, so um, looking at uh, you know sort of our, our timing so far, if uh, there is something... Uh, Dask and Ramnet that you need to say in character to each other, that is fine. Otherwise, this may be a good time to begin a little bit of time lapse, as it were, uh, because uh, Evine had promised the two of you a couple of days uh, to get settled in. And so you have as much time within that at a chunk as you want to just kind of narrate what it is that your characters get up to or accomplish or not uh so we'll start with after you exit ramnet's front door lissa uh do you in fact go in search of a forge oh absolutely (laughs) um and i chat up whatever first one happens to come across uh Mm -hmm. my radar i i chat up the owner and mention that i have some experience and have a another uh, expert blacksmith here with me um, if that's looking mm-hmm. for work and see if they could be in use of my services. Um, charm plus graces for five dice. Oh, t- ooh, oh, 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 wow. Um, I don't know if I should go with three fours or two nines. In this case, probably two nines because you're not in a hurry. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, so three fours would mean that, you know, you were able to sort of like establish a rapport quickly, whereas two nines would indicate um, more of a, you know, sort of meaningful connection here. Uh, you and the owner of this particular blacksmith's forge, uh, who I suppose I now have to create, um, get on famously. Uh, he actually reminds you a little bit of Varric uh, in the sort of broad strokes. He's a stocky man with a beard. He's younger, though. Uh, good sense of humor, just like Varric, but a little less gruff, a little bit more, not exactly refined, but very graceful conversation, as it were. Uh, you get along like two houses on fire. Uh, not that uh, this forge would ever be so sloppy as to catch a house on fire. Uh, and after the first couple of, you know, exchanges of pleasantries and things, uh, he actually goes, you know, to work while he talks to you, you watch him work, he's good at his work, uh, and he invites you to work, and, uh, you should probably actually roll, uh, student blacksmith, uh, so two dice and then a master die once you've rolled, uh, set to whatever you like. Okay. Uh, two fours. All right. Um, you maybe don't, you know, floor him with your mastery of the craft, but he compliments you on your solid work uh, and on your sort of concentration and focus on what you're doing uh, and says, you know, if you are sure that you would like to help out of the forge, he adds in the lady there, uh, then you certainly are welcome to, and he'd be happy to, you know, have your introduction to this Varric person whenever they were available. Uh, and, uh, you know, sees you out of his shop some hours later, uh, probably approaching what passes for evening around here, uh, you know, Do uh, I manage to convince friendly. him to call me Lissa instead of Milady? Uh, he will do the thing that Kea did uh, at the, the nightcap and call you Milady Lissa. Uh, he sounds chummy enough. It's not like he's holding himself apart, but he won't drop the title. I tried. <laughs> you did. Um, and uh, so I'll have to name him and his forge when next we, we visit. Uh, this forge is, uh, I should note, in the Quiet City, which you haven't spent as much time in. Uh, Can't it be in the Rida City? Pretty please. No. <laughs> no? Forges make lots of noise. <laughs> Weirdly enough, while this one makes a lot of noise while you're working at it, you actually couldn't hear it from that far off. Um, and moreover, in this case, while forges are noisy, they are also industrious. And you may have noticed that the drinking establishments that you've seen have been in the riotous city for the most part. Uh, but if you're actually trying to get work done, a quiet city tends to be a better place for it. Mm, okay. So, uh, that pretty much sees you to, you know, uh, evening dinner time, uh, on that first day. Uh, during those hours, uh, Dask, Romnet, uh, big picture, what do you guys get up to? Is there anything you need to discuss in character, or can we just, uh, kind of summarize? I mean, I think that... We we stop dancing around just trying to impress each other and establish a mutual attraction and possibly an interest in dinner together. See where things go from there. I think that's what happens. 
Sounds great. Yeah. So, um, I guess about right on uh, at the time that uh, Lissa is departing the Forge, uh, Dosky will end up, uh, you know, departing from uh, Romnet's place, feeling fa fairly uh, full of good feeling and satisfied, and uh, you know, with uh, significantly less tension uh, than you had going in, uh, and. If there, for either of you, is anything in particular that you want to do between, uh, you know, this dinner time on the first day and bed the next day, now is the time to float it. Otherwise, I'll just assume that you are putting together your place and maybe exploring the city some. Uh, that sounds fair. I am definitely going to try to light up the manor a bit mm -hmm. as a small act of defiance. So you manage to light it up a bit. Well, here's the thing. You actually get quite a lot of lamps and candles and mirrored stands and uh, torches. And the place never seems like it gets to be as bright as it should. Uh, it's like the atmosphere inside presses back against the light being cast from all of these light sources. It's an improvement, but you were hoping for more. I would also certainly come to see the manor. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, perhaps that could be uh, you know the following day when you get a bit of a break, you can uh, you know uh, come and see. Uh, you arrive as the uh, personnel that excuse me that Avine promised are showing up to reverse the doors um, and uh, have them open inward instead of outward, uh, and thus not knock people off of the steps. That could be so useful. Uh, and uh, Dosk and Lissa. <laughs> we weren't I really mean, thinking true. in terms of uh, defenses so much as not knocking our friends into a wall of obsidian. I mean, I suppose that's fair. <laughs> <clears throat> I have at this point forgotten that we already have a date and I don't have to impress him. And I probably try <laughs> to bring out the most obscure piece of lore about, about obsidian that I have in my, in my back pocket. So I guess that's a role. Yeah. Yeah, that would definitely be a role. Let me click to the correct character Knowledge sheet plus here. lore would be seven for me. Seven dice, yeah. It's more than me. Yes, hello, cat. <laughs> Top tier cat noises. I mean, yes. I think, I, honestly, I think we have our candidate for the obsidian god right here. <laughs> yeah, I support um, that 100%. I can see Farius as an avatar of the obsidian god. Uh, yeah, Farius. she does seem to consume the it's light true. around her. You, dear she listener, does. cannot see the absolute blackness of this cat. But yeah, uh, the absolute uh, blackness that is only punctured by two radiant eyes. The abyss it's stares a look. back at you. <laughs> so as it grooms right. itself, <laughs> she continues to be very ladylike. Indeed. People always cut that nature quote off too early, in my opinion. So I have, <laughs> I have three sixes and I have two nines. Um, speed is sort of of the essence here. It's a quick wit roll to a certain degree, right? Mm -hmm. So, so therefore, I'd go for the three sixes. Is am I am I understanding the mechanic right there? Uh, yeah, you may not pull as obscure a fact about Obsidian, but it's also 
subtle shades and I'm not going to be able to tell you what the most obscure fact about Obsidian is. I have already kind of tapped out my knowledge of it, uh, <laughs> you know, in describing it for sure. this podcast. So I um, pretty good. That's the, that, that's yeah. the, abs- the, in the most I'm just terms. thinking of Adam now going moreover Obsidian for later like use. <laughs> you have to. Uh, the listener, the listener moreover, does not know which campaign I'm referring to, but we were playing another campaign where where a bomb was built at one point, and I, I had only <laughs> much too late that I remember to open an incognito window <laughs> as I was researching <laughs> what you might be able to make a bomb out of. Anyway, please continue. Mm-hmm. I mean, that only protects your history. It, it doesn't it's protect, uh, you know, anybody looking at what you're searching. Snooping, yeah. Yeah, 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 I can also um, quickly read from Wikipedia and be like the inhibition of atomic diffusion through holly viscous <laughs> lava explains the lack of crystal growth. Well, there you go. What, what more needs to be said, really? It's been um, used experimentally as surgical scalpel blades. Did you know? It's not a surprise, actually. It's uh, absurdly sharp, and this city should be much more dangerous <laughs> than it is, actually. Um, yeah, how, how often are so there, walk like, and you get cut. sharp external corners to buildings? Like Extremely good. rarely. Good. Yeah. Um, so, moreover, Drew, uh, I would go with the three sixes because they are three sixes, and that's metal as hell. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. How, how dare I even say anything else? Yeah. So you pull out the fact that uh, did you, you know, the only natural source of obsidian known in all of Taraxis is the riverbend uh, where Selvin lies in the Saru River. There isn't any active volcano nor evidence of one, but uh, it seems that there must have been at some time uh, for the obsidian deposits uh, there to uh, have formed. Um, and it would have had to be a long time ago because there's quite a lot of uh, soil and uh, geologic growth over it now. I, I will smile and nod, not like I am humoring him in the sense of like the, the, the facts, but more in the, well, that's really interesting. And also you, you've already impressed me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Dask does not ever know that he's passed the audition. <laughs> Dispositionally speaking. <laughs> okay, so, so we, um, we, ha- we welcome you in. Excellent. There is presumably more uh, decor, more furniture, maybe some rugs, some mattresses by this point, uh, and most of it needs to be positioned or uh, you know, sort of uh, moved to its... Uh, intended place uh, as well as the doors being hung and uh, eventually uh, you find yourselves back in the uh, the foyer, the doors having been hung correctly uh, to open inward the workmen gone and uh, Romnet, you don't get commandeered like you have before but you do receive the kind of Nostradamus-like scene uh, that you sometimes do uh, from the Obsidian God, uh, you know, accompanied, not exactly in voiceover, but by the sense of some words, you see a semi-familiar coastline and a city behind it as the sun goes down, night falling over the city, and you see fires 
lighting up along the coastline and lights further back in the city and you feel immense hostility and an urgency are these like warning fires or like things burning fires seems to you like a party i will convey that message as best i can Um, your best actually turns out to be pretty well because it's, uh, well, you are a prophet and, and I'm used to this sort of bullshit. Uh, a slice of, of prophecy, yeah. So not only, uh, are you good at it because this is your job, you also have that kind of noetic quality where you, the, the knowledge comes with the best way to convey it, at least according to the source of the knowledge, uh, Mott in this case. Uh, and immediately, uh, upon hearing Romnet's description, Dask, you know what city this is. This is Caliban, the largest and most important city in Taraxis, uh, situated just down the coast uh, from the Cyanmere, uh, where you presumably were uh, not that long ago. Uh, you feel already, upon hearing this, that tug that you felt towards the lights in the swamp. You can feel now where it is that you must go. Yeah, I convey this information that that I could, I could, mm-hmm. you know, I could just about. Lo- not only do I feel the tug, but I could roughly locate on a map where we need to go. Yeah. Um. In fact, this one actually, I know you just rolled lore, but this would actually be another good time to roll your lore. I just love rolling lore, so sure. I think it is your largest pool, so. Right. At least with the sixes and nines. Hang on, let me just make sure I'm not interpreting this correctly. <laughs> that is three That's nines. Tricky. Ooh. Uh, yeah. So you actually. I'm sorry. Actually, let let is... the record show. I'm sorry. Four nines. Nice. You, wow. upon hearing this description, you instantly know you have actually been to this before. This is the annual um, festival of fall fires uh, in Caliban. Um, There's not really a specific purpose to it, but uh, when summer is turning into fall, uh, the days are getting decidedly shorter again, uh, the city of Caliban puts on this quite phenomenally dangerous, even in a city mostly built of stone, um, festival of fires. They build bonfires along their harbor and then people in the town light every candle and every torch and every lamp and kind of they have something a little bit less like carnival and a little bit more like a you know county fair family oriented you know kind of midway uh, feel to it. A festival of pushing back the dark. Yeah, it's very much about uh, observing the uh, the the shortening of the days and the coming darkness of winter, uh, and you know, sort of holding them at bay with these uh, fires symbolically. Um, your education, actually, especially with such a good role, leads you to believe that this was probably like an ancient harvest festival of some kind in the days before Caliban was a trading city. Uh, you know, when it was smaller, more agrarian, but as far as you know, nobody who really participates in it thinks of it as having anything to do with the harvest now. It's just their fall festival. 
as it were. Um, and if you have been keeping track of time the last little bit correctly, it should actually be coming up soon. Though you couldn't say exactly how many hours are between now and this festival. So I, I convey all of this and I do it. I do it in whatever way I think Robin's going to be find most impressive in terms of tone. But uh, halfway through, I catch myself from, you know, trying to impress him again. I remember not to have to. I chill ever so slightly and I simply share uh, what I know. Have I ever been to Calabar? You may have passed through, but you probably haven't okay. stayed. Yeah, I, I will. I will mention that I've yeah, at yeah. least been there, but it's been some time. Mm-hmm. Have I been? <laughs> I probably might, have just heard of it. You might have if you were like bringing uh, shipments to market or something, but it's just as likely that yeah, you've heard of it. You probably met people from Caliban, uh, but it's even odds whether you've ever actually been. I don't think I've actually been. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the region that you're from is not particularly far from Calavan, but it also isn't a place where people tend to travel too much. So, so yeah, uh, you have your next task before you, and not really a certain calculation of how long you have, nor necessarily a clear metric for success. You just know where your attention is being directed. I guess we should go we can talk to our friends at the gates again or no my friends no point delaying i suppose i'd like to think they're my friends too this is an aside but i absolutely thought robin that your video had turned off because you are in near absolute darkness right now and it is very (laughs) on theme (laughs) for the game Uh, it's just like like if you get closer to your to your camera like it'll probably get like you know horror movie footage yeah for for a good minute or two i thought that you were doing a bit because the things that were showing up for me were like the bottom of your left arm and your left palm and then just your forehead (laughs) but your forehead the part of it that was lit up looked like sort of the bottom of your chin so i thought that you were doing this in your chair and like trying to see if we would be worried about you (laughs) (laughs) but that is very much in character I'm glad to know that you're <laughs> I I uh, appreciate the frequency with which my friends are either assuming that I'm dead or that I'm doing a prank. <laughs> <laughs> well, and had you not then responded when it came time for you to participate directly, I would have been like, do we need to check on Robin? <laughs> <But> <laughs> I was going to give it until you proved actually non-responsive well, I thought you were still I in the worried. channel it's... so I thought you were just like you know something was up and you would turn the video off I, I don't know yeah we <laughs> first thought was Let not oh she's dead it's, it's not that dark in here I just want to phrase that <laughs> yeah no it's, it's comfortable it's like a comfortable gloom comfortable. but it's not as dark as it appears now that I left my little post-it note um, I'll be right back a comfortable yeah. gloom will be the next bar <laughs> no no that would I be exist. the band hey welcome There we are, yeah. Congratulations (laughs) on your reincorporation. Thank you. I I was briefly one with Mott, and um, let me tell you that that stuff gets really dark real fast. (laughs) No trouble believing it. Okay, so... So, are we 
sleeping a second night in our manor and getting started in the quote-unquote morning, or are we planning on just kind of like, you know, grabbing and going? I'm a fan of sleeping in the manor, because that's the only guarantee I have at a bed that's, you know, appropriately sized. Yeah, I second that motion. Fair enough. Yeah, so you have a relatively peaceful, if now somewhat less stressless evening, uh, as you have a job ahead of you. Uh, do we want to spend the, uh, you know, sort of dinner and evening hours as they were uh, in any particular way, either of us, or any of us? I will find excuses to stick around for, for dinner. Yeah, I think, given the circumstances, mm-hmm. the three of us dine together in one in one form or other. Um, I, I would also check on Varric at some point and let him know that I'm... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Point point of order. Point of order. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But point of order. Did we set a date, Romnet and Dosk, and am I breaking it in order to go, you know, prepare and then and then for duty to call? We 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 have an agreement that that there will be a date. There is not a date for the date. Good. I I suspect it's one of those where where once I you know gave you your marching orders, like all right, when you get back. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Varric, for his part, uh, has slowed down, but has not moved on from the I wish to be drunk uh, and into any sort of state of I wish to sober up and do something. Uh, he has moved to different bars and tap rooms in the riotous city, uh, but it seems that word has gotten around that uh, he is a close companion of the Duchess of Fury, and so he should be looked out for. Uh, And so people seem to be doing a pretty good job of it, uh, at least in the broad sense, where, you know, they're making sure that he doesn't get into trouble and that he has a bed to sleep in. Uh, But, you know, he's mostly left to his own devices otherwise. I uh, provide winsome smiles and coin where applicable and just kind of let him know that there is a forge waiting for him whenever he's ready and obliquely request that he not reveal too much information for both of our benefits. Uh, He is not as enthusiastic about the uh, uh, prospect of a forge waiting for him as you might uh, wish, but probably only about as much as you would expect, realistically. Um, The, you know, request to be circumspect, he meets with perhaps uh unreassuring levels of enthusiasm oh of course lass of course i uh, the soul of circumspection you won't you won't be seeing me say anything unnecessary ever 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 of course not and it leaves you feeling a little less sure uh than you were <laughs> that he could be counted on to be discreet but he does seem a little bit more with it than he was, so hopefully this is progress. Good. He gets another bear hug all the same. <laughs> uh, which, another one he has to tap out of, uh, this time protesting that you are uh, attempting to, to break his ribs. Uh, and that could be the only explanation for uh, the unwarranted force of your bear hugs. Uh, but he says it fondly. 
you also have discovered that when you are taking meal times in your manner, that acolytes simply bring you food. Uh, it's never a case where they take an order, but they haven't in the two nights brought you anything that is wholly unfamiliar or unpalatable or that you don't know how to eat. Uh, and it all seems to be pretty good. Um, you know, very pleasant, uh, perhaps, especially for Lissa, a little bit richer fare uh, in the sense of, you know, a, a wealthy table setting, but it's not uh, Ortolan, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, still recognizably food to you. It's just more of it prepared somewhat fancier. Sorry, Ortolan? Do, do we see Timothy? Uh, it's hard to tell. They, they are not terribly distinct from one another. And to answer your question, uh, Des, if I have my uh, f- food folklore correct, Ortolan is the, uh, I want to say, French uh, preparation of poultry that is so decadent that you must hide your face from God to eat it, uh, <laughs> goes the story. You have a little, like, towel or napkin over the plate that you then drape over your head to consume it. Uh, I think the actual explanation for the drapery is to preserve the aroma. Uh, as that is did, but, magnificent. Uh, yeah, it's and supposed to be immensely decadent. Excellent. <laughs> uh, in any case. How, how is the entree? Oh, God must never know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that bit either. That's fantastic. Okay. Again, I think a lot of it is is uh, apocryphal, but it's still very entertaining. And it's also like on brand. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, true. <laughs> so, uh, dinner is lovely. Um, now that your beds have mattresses on them, they're actually uh, extremely uh, comfortable and welcoming. And especially, there's something about it now that you've been in the manor for a couple of days. It still feels odd. It's very big, very cavernous, uh, less empty. Uh, but you know, being in an all obsidian house is odd. It feels more homey when the lights are out for the night. Something just—it's like a. A certain friction is gone from the environment once you have settled in to sleep. Again, reminder that I'm using things like evening, night, and afternoon figuratively to describe the stage of people's waking lives that they're in because the quality of light, or should I say the lack of quality of light, never changes. That was going to be a GM type question, I suppose. How are we sleeping, right? Is it taking a toll that nights are basically hypothetical? So far, it's a little awkward. Uh, Once you have fallen asleep, you seem to do fine, but the lack of change in lighting does seem to take away your body's cues that this is awake time, this is sleep time, and it feels like you're a little unmoored. You find it hard to mark the passage of time, except by the rhythms that the rest of the residents of Fermata seem to just intuit uh, in a way that has yet to come naturally to you. Um, but is there anything like a water clock or like, you know, and any, any other sort of non light derived timekeeping device? 
Yeah, you could have uh, certainly there. There would be some water clocks, uh, and maybe particularly uh, long-running hourglasses uh, in the city. Uh, not nothing, no mechanical clocks, no spring-driven mm-hmm. or uh, similar. But uh, there are there are ways of keeping time. Um, it doesn't seem particularly necessary for most residents. Well, the, 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 this is more for in-character planning purposes. If, if I do notice any sure, sure. difficulties on Dusk's part with time, yeah. Um, again, it, it's it's one of those things where it feels weird to try to go to sleep, but once you fall asleep, you actually sleep very well and wake rested. And good that we rested up to before. I have a blanket that covers me. <laughs> your, feet, your feet have never been so warm. <laughs> yeah. Don't have to worry about the monster that eats your feet if they dangle over the side of the bed. Yeah, I don't know if I made this clear before or not. Either uh, when I was describing the size of Lissa's bed as being uh, especially capacious, Dusk, your bed is the same size. <laughs> like, it is not sized down to you. This is just the size that beds this manner are. You would not mention that, and and that's that's fine. Uh, I'm gonna make the character choice that Dask rolls a lot in his sleep, and so every night's a journey. <laughs> uh, Got to stay in shape somehow. Uh, <laughs> Get the exercise where you can. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, not exactly morning, but the time of awakening comes, and uh, you prepare to set out for Calvin. Are you making any particular preparations, or just trying to step through the gate to where you need to be like last time? Just stepping through the gate for me. Yeah, I think so. Those, um, the only thing on my side is those, those um, domain miracle points that I spent unmaking the monstrosity. Those are not coming back until we reach the end of an arc, right? Like a couple nights sleep doesn't give me any of those back. Correct, okay. unless you take steps to regain them. And exactly what those would be is still obscure to you at this point. Um, they will not refresh naturally. Think of it as being like a monthly resource. That's fair. Yeah. I also probably it don't even always know, be precisely a month. I probably only have even the only the most abstract sense that something is gone or like not available to me, right? Since it's the first time I've mm-hmm. ever done anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, and uh, both for our players and our listeners, you can shift around miracle points. Like, you, if you needed to, you're like, oh, I have five spirit miracle points that I may not use. You can spend those at a rate of two to one to use them in another form of miracle. So, like, you probably would have some if you went to use a miracle that required you to use more domain miracle points than you had, you'd have some is sense that you were tapping reserves to do this you know but uh in character you would not necessarily have the precise sense just yet sure, uh, sure. you know lack of explanation and lack of practice and experience uh you know leave you a little bit directionless but as a player you may still avail yourself to all the mechanics it will just be dusk learning the ropes as he goes do i have time to drudge up something comical to put on my statue since we're going by the gates anyway. I guess that depends on what exactly you're looking for. Silly hat, a uh, flower crown, maybe just draping a, an obsidian uh, flask in my mm. hand. I don't know. Okay, alright. So, let's have let's have you roll your 
sense plus sight, so two dice to try uh, and like scrounge something up. Rude. <laughs> I'm not the one who put those points where they are. Uh. Three and a six, and since I figure we're not getting to whatever's going in the city um, of Caravan, I'm going to have Lady Luck smile upon me. All right, so yeah, you may re-roll for luck. Save it for the most and important for future role. reference. Yeah. Two sixes! Two sixes, excellent. <laughs> um, for reference, that's the city of Calavan with two L's. Oh, whoops. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, it is fine. I have not spelled it for you guys so far. Playing um, Calavan Ball with this role, am I with this lore? Am I right? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, all right, two sixes. Actually, you are sort of rummaging around, seeing if you can find a silly hat, and you find yourself headed sort of toward the back of the the manor. You spent some time back here, but it's you know more of like access stairs and you know just sort of the the infrastructure of the place further back. And but you catch a window uh, that you hadn't bothered to look out or maybe even noticed before. And you see that the manor has a garden out back, not a huge one, uh, but it seems to be nicely kept. Uh, you haven't seen all that much plant life in Fermata. It's been maybe non-zero, but you certainly haven't seen uh, anything like a garden so far. Uh, the silver light kind of shining around each object in the garden illuminates in the middle of the garden a circular raised bed of these three-petaled silver flowers. I, the flowers themselves, the, the stems and leaves are a dark green that looks black if you're far enough away, and the petals are this sort of gleaming aluminum foil silver, uh, you know, where they sort of twinkle in this uh you know silver limb light um and they would probably do very nicely for a garland i i make a garland out of them <laughs> thinking it would be a little like a funny way of downplaying the fact that there's a statue of myself but <laughs> yeah. also potentially unwittingly starting up a tradition <laughs> You, uh, you you quickly uh, apply yourself to making this garland. The flowers themselves uh, are very cooperative. They have uh, enough rigidity to sort of uh, you know, put pressure on each other to keep the shape of the garland, but enough flexibility to be easy to work with. Uh, and if you sort of have to tilt the uh, you know, head of the flower with the petals on it, you know, in a particular direction. It's not quite like pipe cleaner, but it does tend to sort of like hold where you move it to. There's almost a uh, metallic feeling to them. And uh, in short order, you have uh, a rather lovely uh, crown of uh, silvery flowers woven together, uh, just in time for uh, Dusk to also be ready to, to head out. Um, Dusk, are you uh, trying to gather up or bring anything in particular? I'm not sure I have anything to bring at this point. Um, I, th sure. I think, uh, I think if I spend any time, it's just having another conversation with Romnet and assuring him that we'll, uh, we'll keep our plans when I return from this, from this venture. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and again, I try to say it as though I'm a knight departing for some, uh, uh event for some quest of great portent. I, I will most wonderful offer assent to, yes, of course. I look forward to your safe return. Dusk and Lissa, you are, uh, 
you know, meeting up near the statue. Uh, Dosky walk into the plaza to just in time to see Lissa clambering down from the, the top of this 20 foot statue, having placed this uh, flower crown uh, on her statue's head. Um, there is something a little bit goofy about it uh, in the broad sense when you look up at it, but it also just kind of looks dramatic and badass. If your secret is safe with me. If anyone asks, they did that. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew I could count on you. Uh, the gates beckon. They beckon this time. I, well, I, not I, literally. Okay. Yeah. I, I chat with them again. I, uh, I give them a reassuring talk about how I, I don't want them to be angry. I want them to just feel, you know, connected, valued. Um, and used as their purpose as gates, uh, not at all neglected, you know, not angry at the world. I don't just create anger. I can create furious happiness too. And in fact, I think I'm going to do a lesser creation to make them fiercely happy to help us to our destination. Okay. So the, the lesser creation of a fury miracle is automatic for you. I would also like you to roll charm <laughs> That's just five dice for oh, damn. We took very different approaches to, to our social skills, the three of us. True. I got two sevens. All right. You feel like you managed to inspire a kind of excitement and, you know, passionate frenzy this time. Although the effect from an outside observer standpoint is still that two of the three gates bang open with such force that they bang closed again, but it's not as angry and sharp a sound this time. Uh, and then the same one as last time uh, does fly open and stay that way. Um, whether you do or not, were you to shift into the site uh, that you discovered in your uh, confrontation with the creature of the swamp last time, uh, you would see that the tutelary spirits, uh, you know, sort of, overall posture and, and demeanor has changed as well to be less sullen and less surly. Uh, but I think it did a better energetic. job of it yeah. this time. <laughs> I kind of say that leaning into Dosk. I'm like, I don't think I just have to make things angry. I think I can make them happy too. You put it into practice. Furious happiness. Furious happiness. Uh, my motto, um, what I live by. And you guys... Step up to the gate, you step through the gate, you take that step into the darkness, you feel that brief falling sensation once again, and you find yourself, you think, in the exact same spot in the cyan mirror that you were deposited last time before you started walking towards the lights. You have a bit of a walk ahead of you. If you are indeed in the cyan mirror, you see no reason not to believe that you are, you aren't that far geographically from Caliban, but it's not going to be easy going. We feel the pull. You feel the pull. Yeah, you have the direction um, unerringly uh, in your heads and your minds, and uh, you are arriving just as the first gray light of dawn is breaking through the trees. Uh, and... Honestly, compared to last time, it's quite peaceful, even beautiful. Uh, the Cyan Mirror 
is a river swamp. The water flows through it slowly, but it moves. It doesn't get as um, decayed and as pungent as a, a fen or a mire might. Uh, the trees themselves are large, ancient. Uh, they have not lost their verdure uh, as the year moves on. Uh, you know, animals are settling down, and so there is not uh, that much motion or noise. Uh, the waters themselves are slow enough moving to appear still to a casual glance, and so very calm on the surface. Uh, there are all kinds of uh, plants uh, growing in the spaces where the trees let sunlight in, uh, particularly on the water. Uh, and you can see that the you know uh, sediment deposits between the trees and you know kind of connecting them are making a variety of loosely interconnecting pathways that you can follow without, if you play your cards right, even getting your boots wet. Uh, and so you do. Uh, you head off uh, toward Calavan to see what you can do about this fall festival of the fires uh, at your Imperator's behest. That feels like a stopping point. It was not quite as far as I was imagining that we were going to get, but I think perhaps this is the, the uh, point at which to uh, uh, adjourn for today. If, we're Sounds good to me. Yeah, it's not a it's not a dramatic yeah. cliffhanger, but it's a good it's a good like chapter yeah. break. Hmm. Yeah, we had some respite from the festivities in the swamp last. To have time. one where we're not <laughs> harried by anything monstrous is other than other than Dask's anxiety. That's you know it's a nice change. <laughs> yeah, no, a, a uh, respite from that interpersonal tension we've been cultivating. <laughs> Also, as an aside, I'm totally going to be getting you a water clock. <laughs> what do you get for the demigod who has not everything, but yeah, a water clock? No, 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 no. Really, really grew. What do you get for the demigod who needs nothing? Ooh, there it is. There. <laughs> it was right there. That was it. That was it. Yeah. Well, we'll certainly stick around uh, to do a little bit of our, our post-game uh, in a separate uh, recording here. But in the meantime, that concludes this session of Dicebox. Thanks for joining us. I hope our players and listeners enjoyed it as much as I did and that you'll all join us again next time. If you're hearing us now, then you probably know where to listen to this. But we can be found almost any place one can listen to podcasts, as well as on the wider web at DicePunks.com and on Twitter as at DicePunks. With that, I think we're ready to say farewell. So say goodbye to the kind folks at home, players. Thanks for listening. Dask, you got a date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you. And remember that if you want, you can anger people just as much as make them happy. Uh, well, thank you for listening. And uh, as Dask was so excited about, Dask got a date. <laughs> Indeed he did. And as the poet once said, Tiefe Wassers sind nicht still. Thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in, and stick around through the admin stuff. There's a Dosk fact waiting for you at the end of it. Be sure to tune in again for the next episode of Nightfall, due out on June 15th, for our character's first visit to a real Taraxan city. 
The songs in this episode, Theme of the Dice Punks and its acoustic version, were written and recorded by the Duke of Nothing himself, Drew. Cover art is by Joanne, who will be behind the scenes for the time being, but played Rue the Gremlin in our Psionics one-shot. Site design and graphics for DicePunks.com are by Robin, the player behind the irrepressible Lissa, the Duchess of Fury. Rain and the one roll engine it runs on were created by Greg Stoltze, whose work can be found at, well, a frankly astonishing number of cool places, but I'll point you toward gregstoltze.com. Nobilis was created by Jenna Katerin Moran, and can be found alongside much of her other really intriguing work, both in and outside of tabletop roleplaying, at afarandsundlessland.wordpress.com slash nobilis. Links to both systems and authors can be found on the punk grimoire section of our website, dicepunks.com. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, well, that's reward enough on its own, really, but if you're so inclined, you can help us out by rating and reviewing us wherever you listen to us, telling your friends who you think would like us to give us a listen, and even by heading over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash dicepunks. We have fun rewards available to backers, including a patron-only Discord, and access to the Dice Peaks After Show for episodes one and following. Regardless, we hope you'll tune in again, and until then, remember, subtlety is for cowards. So, dear listener, while I was settling in, I did meet a lovely, lovely denizen of Fermata who told me about an eatery that once existed but no longer does called the Mirror Skiff, a sort of sub, a supper club and a pub, or rather two, on a boat, or rather two, in the canals of Fermata, with a floor made not of simple mirror, but of a series of mirrors and clear glass plates, such that one could dine with one's parallel and look them in the face while doing so. It was founded by two sisters, Lily and Lana, and it was incredibly popular, but it began to be frequented by twins foreign princes named Alexander and Philip, who would always dine on opposite sides and simply stare at each other and never order anything. It became known as the Skiff of Narcissus instead and became enveloped in a royal scandal of some kind. I'm not clear on the details. But anyway, you can't eat there anymore. It's a task fact.